open up your Bibles to 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. Paul was a person who is spoken about in the New Testament. And as far as I can see in studying, he's the only one that it is ever written that he finished his course, he did the plan of God. Now, I believe others did it, but there's no one else that says those things about him and that he, when he was done with his life, he had actually fulfilled everything God wanted. So here in 2 Timothy 4, 6, it says, he said, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. In other words, uh, I've lived this life out. I'm just about done. He said, I fought a good fight or the good fight. I have finished the race. In other words, he didn't just live out his life. He stayed on the course. He said, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only me, but also to those who have loved his appearing. Now, I'm going to read two other places. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. The NIV says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Well, if he did what he did, and we can find it in the Bible, we can follow his example and come up with the same results he got. We may not do exactly what he did in the sense of go to, go to Rome or go to, you know, different areas in the Middle East area, you know, over there in the Mediterranean and go reach different areas. We may not do that, but the things that preserved him, kept him, helped him to be effective, we can look at those and apply them and they'll keep us on the course. And there are certain things he did not only to stay on course, but to get him on course, to keep him on course. And so we're going to look at those things, and that's why we're calling this Paul's Pattern. And I know this, there, we're going to look at all different kinds of things as we move along. But if I'm going to do the will of God and God's plan, I'm going to need to be, by virtue of his, how he is and how his kingdom is, I'm going to be interconnected with his body, the church. Somebody said, okay, there's a lot in that. I can't fulfill his plan disconnected from his body. You with me? If I'm going to do his plan, I'm going to be, have to be connected in some kind of local body and local church. But remember this about a local body and a local church. This is going to get real deep real fast. It's made up of people. And because uh, he said the, the body, and then he talked about the individuals that make up the body. Just like your individual body parts make up your whole body, the body of Christ is made up of individuals who have received the Lord. Not who attend a church, but people who have given their life to the Lord and have been saved. And so, that being said, uh, I'm going to have to learn how to navigate this. Because if the body is made up of people and I'm going to have to be connected to a local body, then that is going to be a huge issue. People. People, not God, 
people. You with me? And we are about as perfect as you get as a body, but we're still people. That was sarcasm, just in case. You're like, oh, no, I know that lady over there. No, but we're going to have to learn. And here's another thing. If we're ultimately going to do God's will, I believe we want people to be with us when we're doing it along the way. I mean, if you came to church and it was just you here, wouldn't you think, I'd like a couple more people, right? And it's interesting because people get tweaked in their thinking. They're like, we like it small. I like some people, but not a lot of people, you know. Or I like it big, I don't like it small. Whatever it is, we need to understand it's people. And if we're going to do this thing and we're going to do it right, uh, Paul is a great example of the people thing. You with me? And if we're going to do God's plan, we need to understand, though we're connected with people, we kind of have to separate ourselves in some sense in our thinking about people. Because people are going to fail you. People aren't always going to be with you. People aren't always going to, let me say it this way, some people are going to rub you the wrong way. Because you're not the problem, they are. Everybody say, they are. Thank you. So that means a lot of people were talking about you right now. No. But people are different than other people. And so, you know, the more somebody maybe is like you, maybe the less they're going to rub you or whatever. But people are people. And we need to understand that, and, and you can't get by it. So let's look what Paul did concerning people. And his perspective on doing God's will. Because remember, he made it to the end. He did some stuff that was a great example that if we can find these things, and what's interesting, there's more written about Paul's personal life than any of the other apostles and evangelists or prophets or whoever are mentioned in the New Testament. And so there's some great things that Paul faced. So 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, we'll begin reading here in the 16th verse, and notice this. It says, at my first defense, nobody stood with me, but all forsook me. Here's Paul talking about his own life. He said, when I started this out, and when I started going, he said, everybody forsook me. That's a good reason to quit right there, Paul. Because you ever hear people say stuff like this? I knew it was God because it all worked out perfect. You can't always judge that it's God because it worked out perfect. Because right here, Paul missed it. Because everybody left him. Okay, Paul, go. And everybody said, whoa. And he starts going with God. And now he's going it alone. He said, all men, not half of them, all of them forsook me. In the Amplified Bible, it says all of them. Just all of them. Every one of them forsook me. Notice this. At my first defense, nobody stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be laid to their, or be charged against them. 
Interesting. Verse 17. But the Lord stood with me, and he strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also I was delivered out of the mouth of lions. Verse 18. And the Lord will deliver me from every work and preserve me. Notice this, he will deliver me and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Here's some observations here about Paul and what he did and the way he, uh, you know, he faced this situation when somebody uh, that you thought, man, they're with me, they're, they're for me. Where are they? You know, the Lord faced these same types of things too. His disciples, the ones who loved him, said, we're with you, and they bailed. And he had to go find them and round them back up again. You don't think the Lord's in rounding people back up and getting them back in? He did it with his own first bunch. Notice this, the first thing, he was determined to do God's will, even if no one stood with him. You've got to be determined if no friends come, if a spouse doesn't come, if your kids don't come, whoever it is that doesn't come, I'm going. I'm going to follow God's plan. It doesn't matter, and you need to determine that. And he knew he was called. He knew God had a plan, and so he said, it does not matter. I'm going. But like him, number two, we must realize this. That the Lord, you know, had a plan. And he was going to stand for that plan. And he was not going to have to stand alone. Notice it said the Lord stood with him. We need to know this. If we'll stand for God's plan and nobody stands with us, the Lord will stand with us. The Lord will stand with you. Kick out any kind of junk in your thinking. I'm doing this alone. Just I'm so lonely. Your thinking is wrong. You are not doing it. I'm just alone doing God's will. No, you're not. As a matter of fact, there was a guy in the Old Testament who had that mentality. He was doing great things for God, and he started to get whiny. And he went to prayer with his whiny. And he said, oh, Lord, I'm the only one. Everybody else has forsaken you. It's just me. The Lord just said, here's a Kleenex. Listen, there are this many hundreds that have not bowed their knee. You're not alone. But his perspective inwardly was getting messed up. And I'll tell you what, the enemy will try to work on you about loneliness. Paul did not care. He said, if, if nobody else does this and everybody's forsaken me, I'm standing. I'm standing. And then... He found out, God will stand with me if I'll stand for God and stand for his things. The third thing we recognize here is Paul did not get bitter. Paul said, he said, Lord, I, he said, I pray that it does not get laid to their charge. If you're going to go further with God, you'll get stuck somewhere if you get bitter. You got to let stuff go. Paul knew this. If I'm going to go, go forward, I can't be anchored with something right here. And bitterness and being mad at people and upset with people will just get you stuck. And he said, listen, they didn't go with me. What would have made him stay back there with them is just get all bitter with them and at them. But he said, listen, I'm standing 
the Lord's standing with me, therefore I'm not depending on them, I'm forgiving them. The fourth thing we see is that not only did he determine to go and that the Lord stood with him, but we recognize that he wasn't just standing with him. This is huge. Because you ever had somebody standing with you and you're like trying to lift something up? And you're like, and they're like, I'm standing with you. You're like, well, grab the thing then. Come on, let's get after this. You know, you ever been there? And they're like, wow, you're doing such a good job. Um, grab that. Take hold. Help me. Well, what's cool is he recognized I'm standing if nobody stands with me. Now the Lord's standing with him, and he forgives. But it says this. He said not only did the Lord stand with him, but he said the Lord stood with him and strengthened him or empowered him, started working with him, going at it with him. And for what purpose was he going at it with him? To do anything he wanted? No, God will always back you when it comes to his stuff. He will. And that's why we got to keep a right attitude because we want to stay there. We want God working with him. It makes life way different. It makes serving God way different when you're being empowered and he's backing you. And Paul learned this in the ministry that, hey, if nobody else goes with me, I'm going. If nobody else is standing with me, the Lord will stand with me. And, and the Lord just won't leave you alone either. But that's for later. But here's the thing. He trusted, no matter what, that not only in this current situation that he was in, that the Lord was standing with him and strengthening with him, he kept this mentality. You know, you've got to have a mentality if you're going to go on with the Lord that this isn't the only deliverance, the only help, the only standing with, the only strengthening God's going to do. Because if you think that the juice has run out, you're going to be like, oh, great. But it didn't run out. And he said, not only right now is God helping me, and not only right now is God standing with me. I don't know if you noticed that last part. He said, verse 18, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. He's going to help me to the end. He's going to strengthen me to do God's plan. But I'll tell you what, if you back away because others back away, then can he strengthen you to do it if you're not there? If you're not here to help me lift this, what good is the strength going to do to lift? I mean, you know, needing strength to lift it. I'll tell you what, doing God's work and Him working with you in it, it's what you were made for. There's nothing like it. Engines were made to run off of gas. And you were made to do stuff with the strength of God. You don't even have to beg Him for it. You don't have to twist His arm for it. You don't have to say, come on, come on, come on. Paul had this inward persuasion. It does not matter. God's going to stand with me. God's going to strengthen me. He's going to empower me. Not only in this situation where I've been forsaken by people. And if you've been forsaken, just forgive them and start marching. And recognize this isn't the only time you're going to need God's help. I know that's not always pleasant when you're facing something right now. Oh, you mean I'm going to face something again in the future? No. 
No, I'm just saying that. Maybe it'll make you feel good. No, you're going to face something, but you can face it knowing I'm going to win. I'm going to win. You know, another area too, after looking at these things with Paul, is not everybody's going to agree with you. I've noticed this over the years, you know, Jesus dealt with this stuff, you know, family members, close associates. He's preaching, you know, one day in Matthew, and the story's also in Mark 3, I believe it is, but like Matthew 12, and he's in there doing God's plan. These people came in and said, hey, your family, your mother, all these are outside. They're waiting for you. They, they, they need to talk to you. They, they're trying to interrupt him from doing God's plan. And Jesus just pointed out to the crowd. He did. He said he pointed to his disciples. His mom, his brothers, his sister, or sisters are outside. And Jesus just does this number. Who is my mother? Well, like, she's outside. Who are my brothers? And they could have said, well, they're outside. And then he said, who are my sisters? Oh, well, they're outside. But that's not what he said. He he looked at them and he said, anybody who's doing God's will, they're my brothers and sisters. In other words, in this body, we're family. We're doing God's plan. This is bigger than just blood. And we need to recognize that. And we need to recognize, you know, because some people, they get, get in a scuff with their natural family. And they'll still meet with them and still talk with them and they'll get past it. I mean, they'll go to Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter meal and they'll duke it out. But we're family. And they'll fight each other. But you talk about my brother and you're in for it. I mean, there's a loyalty in the natural side. But us as Christians, we've been bought. We belong to the Lord. Therefore, we ought to forgive one another. We ought to love one another. But if we're going to do God's plan, we're going to need to recognize that stuff isn't always going to work out the way we maybe thought in the beginning. Turn to Acts, the 15th chapter. Acts 15. Just like the Lord stood with him there and strengthened him, it's amazing the different things that the Lord did for Paul. And they're not exclusive to Paul. If we're going to do God's plan, we can be assured if we do it this way, the same type of things will happen. Acts, the 15th chapter. Notice this, and we'll start in the 35th verse. Now, Paul has been in the ministry for a while now. He's already reached an area. He's got ministry team. He's going and preaching. He's already gone around to this whole region, but he's not done. He goes, he's getting ready to go back around and retouch those people to make sure they're strengthened, to make sure they're helped in their journey, to make sure that they're just going right with God. Because how many of you know there are obstacles? There are enemies that come that would try to detour. So he wants to make sure that while he's here, he can do his part to help them. So he's doing God's plan. He's staying with God's will. He wants to help the kingdom. We need to want to help the kingdom. And so what happens here in verse 35, it says, Paul and Barnabas, he was one of his, actually not just one, he was one, but 
he was his main one, you know, that was with him, Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch. Now, they had gone there, and there were others that had gone. There had been some disputing and some questions in the church about doctrine and stuff. So a number of prophets went down from the main church, and they went down to help strengthen these people. But at the same time, Paul has kind of finished this circuit of going around to the churches he's been. He's now here trying to help, and they're trying to get these people established. So there's a group of people there, including Paul and Barnabas and some others. And it says Paul and Barnabas also remained at Antioch. Antioch, teaching, preaching the word of the Lord with many others. Verse 36, then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. In other words, we've been doing this together, Barnabas. It's time to keep pressing on. It's time for us to keep heading on. Let's go do this. Barnabas agreed. Sort of. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one, and it's interesting how this is written, the one who had departed or forsook them departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone for or with them for the work or to do the work. So here we are, they're at this place, there's a lot of good Christians there. Paul's like, listen, this work you know is happening, let's go now and strengthen these people. And Barnabas said, yes, let's take Mark with us. And Paul said, no, we, we can't take him. And Paul's the leader. And, and he has now got this opinion, listen to this in our terms today, who should be in that position? Who should be in that place? Who should be doing this thing? Isn't that what he said? He needs to be here. And Paul said, no, he, did, he bailed last time. And now we're going to take him and depend on him? It might not be the time. And notice this. Verse 39. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. Now... Um, just a side thought, these are both some of the premier ministers of the day. And their heads are butting real strong, and they're like, we got to do this. The other one's like, no, we're not doing this. And Paul's the one leading the charge. And it got so sharp that they, they just broke paths. And they went different ways. Notice this. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Here's an interesting thought. 
Barnabas wanted him to go on this pattern to go touch these people. He fought and got so contentious, he and the one he fought for never did it. As a matter of fact, it said he went to Cyprus. Well, if you know about his life, that's where he came from. He went home. He went back to what he was comfortable with. He went back to his old place. But Paul was determined, I'm going to do God's plan. And so sometimes, you know, we may have a love for this person or that person. What we need is ultimately to be determined, I'm staying with God's plan. I'm doing God's plan. We know that Barnabas was supposed to be with Paul. Go back to the 13th chapter. We know that the Holy Spirit said, separate the two of them for the work to which I have called them. And then after they had done this, it said when they had fasted and prayed, that the head of the church, the heads of the church, you know, laid their hands on them and sent them out to do the will of God. But here we are just a short time later and there's such a tension and strife that arises between the two of them. Were both of them wrong? Were both of them right? What's going on here? But all of a sudden, we know from the past that they're both called to do this, and one splits off because he wanted to choose this other one. Let's not choose people. Let's choose God and choose God's way. Let's, let's forgive and make sure we keep the priority the priority. I mean, when it comes to family, Jesus chose the priority. You with me? And we need to choose God's plan because you know what? When we're all done, it's going to be all done. It's our only shot. This is it. The day I spend today is the only today I've got to spend. Tomorrow, I'll spend it. And it's the only day I've got to spend. And so here he is. Now, Paul could got upset and said, oh my, what am I going to do? God has called us to do this. The enemy would have loved to derail this whole thing. But Paul was determined. I'm doing this. But you know what's so cool? God is determined to get his plan done too. I said God is determined to get his plan done. I, I, I haven't been in the ministry a long time, but almost 30 years I found this. I've met people who get bitter and they want to hurt you and they think they're hurting the plan of God. I found often and really regularly, it's, it's just like this story right here. They end up doing little or nothing and get sidetracked when we just both need to keep our hearts right. And we all do and realize we need to look to God in His way. Notice this. This seems like such a small thing, verse 40. So he sails with Mark, Barnabas does, verse 40, but Paul chose Silas, and he departed, or I'm sorry, he chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. In other words, the others recognized something in him. Paul said, I'm not recognizing something in this one. And all the other leaders are like, we recognize something in him. Yes, go ahead and take him with you. He was commended. And he went through Syria, Cilicia, 
strengthening the churches. He's back on course. He's doing God's will, doing what he set out to do, and he's got this guy Silas. Here's the wild thing. Long before the contention and the strife ever started, the one who stood with him in the beginning and strengthened him had been watching his life. You know, God's been watching this church too. God's been watching our lives. He's, he knows what he wants to do. And so what's so wild is Silas was one of those group, the group that had come before. Let's go back a couple verses and look at verse 34. We'll, we'll read verse 33. And after they had stayed there for a time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. Now remember, this group went to strengthen and to help them, and now they're being sent back, the whole group that had come. However, verse 34, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. Something in him, he had a knowing. I just need to stay here right now I'm just going to stick around. All the rest left. God was working, preparing so that God's plan would come to pass. God, God didn't want the whole thing with Barnabas and Saul to, Paul to happen. But the fact of the matter is, he was already setting up Silas to take his place. And Silas was a prophet who spoke words, many words the Bible said, to strengthen so God just took this one strong piece and said, I'll just put you right there. But he wasn't the only one. Immediately after, in the very next chapter, when he set out and started taking the steps he needed to take to do the plan of God, God had already filled the gap, but he was about to add more to him. Look at the very next verse. Then he came to Derby, Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was a Greek. Part of his family was for what he was doing and part not. You ever been there? He was also spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iaconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him and so on and so forth, and he joins forces. It's interesting that later on this guy became a pastor that we have the letters from Timothy. And I mean, we're talking about how God worked to supply so the plan of God would come to pass. Who knows? You might have come to this church and went, man, it just seems good. It just seems right to be there. If you don't see anything happen today, just stay put and keep going because you might not know it. You could be a Silas for the children's ministry for an usher, for a greeter, for something. But God could be, you know, he didn't have to speak to you with a, a blowhorn, you know, or, or some commercial comes on TV and you're like, whoa, that is supernatural. What happened to him was he just had a sense or a knowing. It's good to stay. Matter of fact, when they chose to send what they were going to send to these Gentiles that they brought, in other words, that group that Silas was involved with and Paul and Barnabas, that whole group, they just said it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit to do this. Silas did the same thing later. He didn't know he was about to be assisting 
Paul in the plan that the enemy tried to break something off. God added, they did not delay in doing God's work. And as a matter of fact, another quality one came right after. I, I don't know about you. I like that. You don't want anybody to leave. You don't want anybody to go. But you got to recognize God's in this for the big picture. When we get to heaven, it doesn't matter who came and went. We're going to love one another, so we might as well forgive them now, walk in love now, forgive ourselves. But I do know this, God is orchestrating for his greater plan. And anybody who will determine to do his will, he'll set pieces in place for you, for your life. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're doing ministry right now in some area and you're like, well, somebody's leaving. And we don't have that issue. But I am saying God orchestrates. We actually have more coming. And it's rare that people leave. But that being said, I mean, I'm not trying to prophesy something. Well, you know, this half or something. No. But I am saying God orchestrates. He gets people there. He gets resources where his plan is. And when people cooperate with his plan, he'll just get more resources. He was orchestrating this before maybe Paul ever knew that it was going to go down. And maybe you don't know what's going down. God knows what's going down. And if you run into something, you don't have to freak out. Oh, I don't even, oh, and you don't have to go, God. He wasn't caught off guard. He's been orchestrating long before you ever got there. Long before. Just because you didn't see the problem come doesn't mean he wasn't orchestrating. It maybe wasn't what he wanted, but he's still the greatest orchestrator. Why? He wants his plan to come to pass more than anybody. So he'll strengthen. He'll stand with you. He'll provide. He'll get people into the places they need to be. And so thank God, I don't know about you, we're not going to lack. You don't have to lack. What's the key? Stay the course. Keep on keeping on. Know that people are going to come. People are going to go in your life. People are not always going to see eye to eye. Keep a right heart. Know the Lord will stay with you. Know he'll strengthen you. And know this. I mean, you may even be looking for friends. Man, I'm serving the Lord and all my old friends are gone. Where are my new friends, Lord? Stop it. Instead of going, where, Lord? What's the problem? What's your problem, Lord? Just say this. Say, Lord. You knew this. You knew I was coming in. You said if we would forsake and people would forsake us, you would bring friends. You would bring family. You would bring people to us. So where are they, Lord? You just show me. And then let it work out. Don't jump on them when you first see them because they'll be like, get away. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, wow, that lady's real clingy. You know, I, I thought I'd liked her. Just let it work its way out. Paul, Paul let these things work out. You with me? Paul, let them work out. Let things work out. No, God is working for our best. He's working for your best, my best, our best, when we follow his plan.